First Chronicles tonight, if you take your Bible, First Chronicles chapter number four, join me in your Bibles, First Chronicles chapter number four. Have you ever been surprised by um, the response to a question that you have asked and you asked it almost hesitantly, you asked it with a pre-understood um, realization of what you were going to hear? And you were certain it was going to be a no. Like when you were a kid, did you ever ask your parents, hey, is it okay if I go over to Tim's house? And you knew they were going to say, well, go do your homework first or whatever. And, and so you asked it with the expectation of a no. And then, you know, your mom says, sure. And you kind of like, whoa. And you run out really fast, you know, before she thinks about no. And, uh, hey, dad, can I borrow the car? Um, and you're, you're already aware he's going to say, you know, no, you can't borrow the car. Remember what you did the last one, you know, that kind of idea. So, dad, can I borrow the car? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you need some money for gas? You know, you faint at the sound of the, the very words. There are certain questions that we ask and we're rather taken back by the, the yes. Um, last week we had our just kind of a, a church family singspiration. So we did a lot of singing. But two weeks ago, we, we addressed the matter of what to do when God says no, which oftentimes he does. And it doesn't have to shut us down and it doesn't have to, to say that we can't be involved in something that he's laid on our heart, just not in the, the, the way or the manner, the capacity, the degree to which we had been asking. But what do you do when God says yes? When you've asked God a question and then you're almost shocked by the response and God gives you a go ahead, he gives you a yes. And, and well, God, you know I was asking for this. Yeah, I do know what you were asking. I, I understand it fully and I am saying yes to everything that you just asked for. The passage of scripture that we're about to look at is not unfamiliar to many. It stands as one of those, um, have you ever been traveling down in, in nowhere road and all of a sudden you come across, I don't know, some little special thing that stands out as, as that glimmer against the, the dark sky, so to speak. There's something that you came upon and you just, you were caught almost like, well, I didn't expect that to be here. And, and it was something beautiful. There's something in the midst of what we might call scripturally the mundane. Or we're doing those things. We understand all scripture is important. It's valuable. It's inspired. But, but it doesn't captivate us when we're talking about the sons of and the families of and the record of. The chronicler telling us, no, these are important histories. They give the, the, the validation to the people of Israel, the tribes, the blessing that came. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of that mundane, the, the, the necessary business of the scripture, we come across this little insert that God said, you're going to need this. Your Bibles are open right now to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Look at verse number 9 and 10. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, 
and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Let's look at a few things tonight about this man that this is all we know about. We don't have any other scriptural record regarding him, his, his history, his, his life, and his ministry. We don't know anything else except what's recorded here. The things that we're going to notice about this man are, are we're going to look at five things and some of them quite briefly. But we're going to see that he was sorrowful, successful, straightforward, strategic, and ultimately satisfied. Let's start with a sorrowful man. His mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. So first of all, there's something that's strange about the fact that we don't really know much about him, yet God, the Holy Spirit, deemed his life significant and important enough to be added to the biblical record. And his name, Jabez, so we know that. And we know his name Jabez means sorrowful, pain, distress, vexation. So, you know, I mean, when you're just thinking about the guy's name, every time he hears his name, that is exactly what his name means. Now, I don't know what your name means, and, and the meanings of names mean far less today than it did, of course, in biblical times. But for Jabez to have a name that every time, you know, you say his name, you're talking about vexation, sorrowful, pain. I mean, sometimes your dad may have said, you know, get over here, you sorry kid, you know, that, that kind of a thing. But we're not talking about that with Jabez. We're talking about every time his name is mentioned, there is something associated with the distress into which he was born. And we don't believe that this was necessarily just a, a troublesome pregnancy a harsh delivery, we believe that this was the day into which he was born. Well, we don't have a lot to compare ourselves with. In other words, we, we know the day that we are born into. We know the time, the culture, the challenges of our day. We can read about the challenges of other days, but they don't mean as much to us as the challenges of our own day. And there are things that in our own day would warrant the name sorrow, pain, distress, vexation. And this is the day into which Jabez is born. Well, he's a sorrowful man. There's something about sorrow connected to his name. Let's go a little bit further. We see he was, by some measure, a successful man. The Bible goes on and it just says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because quite frankly, we don't have a lot to go on. We just know that Jabez was more honorable. Although he's born into difficult times, the day doesn't define him. Yeah, he, he has a name now that's going to be his all of his life, but even that is not the definition of Jabez and his life. So again, the word more honorable, here it's used to communicate that Jabez exceeded the stature, the standing of his brethren. Now again, his brethren may have been successful in their own right, but Jabez more honorable than his brethren. So the hardship to whatever he was born into isn't the end of the story. I mean, how many times do people say, well, if you were born into my life, you would be, you know, challenged the same way I am? Maybe. 
But is the challenge of your day going to be the final definition of you? If Jabez is born into sorrow, pain, hardship, vexation, he at least says, okay, I'm not going to stop there. He goes beyond his day. Okay, let's look a little bit, for, for, uh, a little bit further. He's sorrowful, successful, and then we see he's also a straightforward man. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. He says, listen, I have some things I need to ask, and I know exactly who it is that I'm going to talk to. There is something about, you know, what Jabez does. He says, I'm going straight to the top. These are my needs. These are my challenges. This is what I'm going to ask for. And I know who it is that I'm going to ask. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, we'd read this idea in the New Testament. Um, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. James chapter 4, verse number 2, ye lust and have not, ye kill, desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Do you know the one thing you can't blame Jabez for is for not asking? Have you ever met somebody who has a legitimate need, but they never asked? Like Like, I have this need, this need, this need. Okay, well, who did you ask to have the need met? Well, I haven't asked, but I, you know, I mean, I've been, okay, well, Jabez says, these are, these are the things I'm going to ask for, and I'm going to ask God for some big things. Okay, so sorrowful man, successful man, straightforward man, and then let's spend a little bit more time on this tonight. He's a strategic man. Jabez has a plan. Now, I know that in here, sometimes life just starts to happen to us, Right? I mean, one day follows another. This begins to happen. And and if you're married and you have children, it's like, okay, yeah, we we met and we met in college. And, you know, we got married and then the first child came along and and then we got a mortgage and then the the next child. And and then, I mean, and life just kind of, you know, I don't know, we just kind of go along with this, this thing called life. Some of, you, some of you are college students here. You're a senior in college. You're like, man, this is mind-blowing. How did I get to be a senior? And, and what's next? And I don't know what's next. I'm a little nervous about the next. And all of life can, if we're not careful, it can just like the next thing happens, the next, the next, the next. And before you know it, like, wow, what happened to life? I don't know how old Jabez is. I don't know how far along in life. I don't know at what age or stage But I do know that this guy is strategic and he starts to say, okay, I'm going to talk to God about some big things. And I know what I'm going to ask him. And when you start to think about what is it that he, okay, if I, if I have this shot with God, God, here's my, here are, here's my list. What's that list going to look like? So let me ask all of us here tonight at Campus Church, whatever age or stage, What kind of strategy are you using when you talk to God about what's next? Like, okay, I'm getting ready to retire. Okay, so what's that going to look like for you? Well, you know, I'm 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 going to have more time and I'm not going to have to go to work. I know, but what's the strategy for retirement? What's next with that? Okay, well, hey, I'm getting ready to be married. Okay, what are some of the goals now when two become one and now there's this, this like, okay, we're entering a new stage, a new phase of life. Okay, you have your first child. What are some of those strategic, like, this is really important to us. What is it that we want to see take place? Because if we don't do that, life seems to just happen. 
And before you know it, some of the opportunities that that stage and that age may have presented to you are, are all too quickly gone. I mean, how many in this room tonight, how many of you are, um, how many of you are 60 years of age or older? Raise your hand, 60 or older. Okay. So it's a lot of people in here, 60 or older. I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but here's my suspicion. My suspicion is that if someone who is 18 in this room sat down with a person who is 60 or older and said, hey, tell me about how fast has life gone by? I mean, you just, you just shake your head with some bewilderment saying, I can't believe that I am whatever age, stage, years of life. It's really, it's almost, when the Bible talks about the vaporous uh, aspect of life, it's not kidding. So what are you going to do with this stage of life? Because you have it right now. I think that this guy, Jabez, for lack of a better term, this guy is strategic about what it is that I'm, I don't know what stage he's at, but I do know, Lord, I'm here right now. This is my ask. So again, before we break down this prayer, note that it's not a vague uh, in its construction. It's not just like, ah, Lord, I pray that you'd bless us with a good day. Well, wonderful, that's fine. I do pray he blesses us with good days. But Jabez goes far beyond the Lord bless us with a good day. Help us with, um, help us with work today. Um, help us with, man, this guy has a plan in mind. Look at the first thing that he asks. Okay, first of all, the blessing. The blessing. He says, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. Lord, I'm not just adding this as a nicety to the beginning of my prayer. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would, no, 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 no. Oh, that thou wouldst bless me. And then he adds this word, indeed. Lord, make no mistake about it. If there's one thing I'm asking, here's my first ask. I want your hand of blessing, certainly, absolutely, without any doubt, I want your blessing upon my life. Now, and then he's saying this, he's saying, and I don't want to go forward without it. I don't want to go forward without it. What he's saying is, God, I don't want any success outside of your blessing. That's a big faith prayer. Like if I can be really successful who outside of the blessing of God, okay, I know, I know God doesn't really necessarily like this, but man, I want to be successful. Jabez, he's like, this is non-negotiable for me. Jabez comes and he says, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. God, I have to have your blessing. Now, if I don't get anything else, but I have your blessing, amen. I have what I need from God. What we have to be willing to do is to say, God, I want your blessing more than I want any other person's blessing. The, 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 what the world might perceive as like, oh, wow, you're blessed. People can even answer that way. And they do so almost um, with some trite aspect. How are you doing? Blessed, man. Blessed. Well, well, wonderful. But does that mean that I have the blessing that I have to have above everything else? Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. It's almost as if he's asking, bless, bless. In fact, the, the construction of this to me is really interesting. And I didn't catch this until I just recently restudied this passage of scripture. The word bless is repeated in the word indeed. 
what, he, what the scripture is literally saying here, oh, that thou wouldst bless, bless. He follows the construction of it is not just bless me, certainly, but oh, that thou wouldst bless, bless. I have to have it. He, he starts out in the right place with God. But seek ye first, beyond anything else, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all the lesser things, all the other things, all the secondary things, those things will come. They'll find their place. But God, before anything else, I'm seeking first your kingdom. It's as if Jabez is saying, God, what, you, what I need from you, first of all, my life, make my life blessable. Bless me. Me. Listen, don't just pray, God, let me experience your blessing. Wouldn't it be a, a fair prayer to add to this, God, make my life blessable. May I, may I live in such a way that I recognize the good hand of God in my life. And oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. Let's go along a, a little bit further. First of all, the blessing. The second thing we see is the border. He says, and enlarge my coast. Enlarge my coast. Okay, some believe that Jabez is praying this, that he had lost some ground. And he is preparing to actually go to battle against his enemy to recapture some ground that had been previously lost. Like, God, I'm getting ready for a battle. Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. Now, it may have been he's just praying, extend my borders. But some think that, no, Jabez is actually praying that he would reclaim that which was rightfully his. So he's asking now for a, a big prayer, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. How would you pray that prayer today? Okay, think for just a minute. How would you, in your vernacular, in our day-to-day, how would you pray that prayer? And I started to think, how would I pray that prayer? What does it mean to me to say to God, enlarge my coast? All right. Here's what I deduced. I deduced that for me today, and it might be the same for you, oh, that thou wouldst increase my opportunity for influence. If, if you and I are called to be lights that are not hidden under a bed or not put underneath a bushel, that, that others may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven, then maybe one of the fair prayers that we could be praying right now is, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and increase my opportunity to influence the world for Christ. Now, if the only thing we want is our influence to increase because it increases us, it's not that which God blesses. If, if our increased influence is like, hey, that's increased exposure for me. I'm an influencer, okay? And I want everybody to see me as an influencer. And I, I want, you know, there to be some rotation around the brightness of my star. That's not what Jabez is praying. Jabez is praying, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my border, enlarge my coast. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. If if Jabez is getting, getting ready to, you know, vanquish some enemies that have encroached on his border, then there is a great parallel, you know, Neither give place to the devil. Listen, the devil set up some, some strategic ground in my life and he has no business being there. He doesn't own that. I belong to the king. And I'm allowing the enemy to set up a strategic place of attack. 
in some way, shape, or form, we could say, we've given the enemy high ground. And what Jabez is saying, Lord, okay, I want that, I want that ground back. That's also a good question for us to ask. Have we strategically given away some high ground to the enemy? And it's time to reclaim that for the one who is its rightful owner. Well, the first thing he does is he, he, in his prayer, it's the blessing and then the border. And then notice this, what we'll call the bounty. And that thine hand might be with me. That thine hand might be with me. You say, what, what does that have to do with the bounty? What would Jabez be lacking if the hand of God was, was not with him? And then let's ask it this way. What would Jabez be lacking? What would you lack and what would I lack if the hand of God is with me? Um, have you ever, have you ever, I don't know, have you ever gone out to, to eat with someone that you knew they were, they said, hey, dinner's on me. Have you ever done that before? Dinner's on me. And you knew, and you were at a really good place. How many of you have ever been nervous about what to order until you knew that you weren't paying? Have you ever had that uncomfortable, like, oh, I'll have the, I'll have the ice water, you know, <laughs> Extra lemon. Okay, so, you know, you're just like, man, what am I going to do? Like, wow, look at this. And then somebody says, hey, listen, it's on me, whatever you want. Okay. Give me the ribeye. You know, I mean, it's, everything changes at that moment. Well, why? Because somebody else's provision, that thine hand might be with me. What would Jabez lack with the hand of God? I mean, who, who's got really deep pockets? And who... Who takes pleasure in, this is a strange thing. And I know, and I know as much as dads like to, to joke about it and, you know, like grumble about it, there is, something, there is something strangely pleasant. I hate to even acknowledge this, but strangely pleasant for a dad to be able to reach into his wallet and say, okay, come here. I know, this is what you do all the time. And to be able to distribute resources to those that belong to him. Oh, that thine hand might be with me. Do you know what Jabez is saying? Listen, God, if your hand is with me, what am I going to lack? If your hand, think through what the Bible says about the hand of God. I know we're talking about this this, uh, picture of the hand of God. But wow, what a powerful picture is painted in Scripture. Psalm 102, verse 25. Of old thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. Lord, when I look at the, the earth, the foundations, when I look at the heavens, your hand did that. If that hand is with me, what am I going to lack? Psalm 104, verse 28, that thou givest them, they gather. Whatever you give them, Lord, they're going to gather. Thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. When Jabez is saying, God, your hand, I need your hand with me. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, God, if I have your hand with me, I'm never going to lack any good thing. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Jabez can know, all right, there could be some authorities that stand against me. God, if your hand is with me, listen, you, you turn the king's heart whatever direction you desire. What a good prayer that thy hand might be with me. And then look at the, the barricade, that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. That thou wouldst keep me from evil. Lord, put a barricade. Sometimes we pray this prayer. We say, Lord, put a hedge about me. Well, really what, what Jabez is praying, he's saying, God, 
listen, would you be that barricade that shields me from anything that you know I can't handle? That thou would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me because I know, oh Lord, if I allow this into my life, the grief that that's going to cause. Have you ever had someone that you know personally, a good friend, a, a, a family member, a loved one, uh, uh, someone in the work of ministry, and you watched that, that person like, oh man, evil found its place and the grief that followed, the, the public embarrassment, the family hurt, the loss of reputation, so many things that just start to, to snowball and they get larger and larger and larger. And Jabez is not ignorant of this. He says, listen, that, thy, that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Oh, that David, King David would have listened to his own advice. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and then I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Keep me back from like presumptuous and, oh, it's okay for me to do this. It's okay for me to hang out and look at, oh, wow, look at my neighbor. That's no big deal. I can handle it. Hey, hey, go send for her and have her come. I'm just, we're just, it's just going to be dinner. Keep back thy servant from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Why? Because if I am held back from the sin of presumption, I can handle it. It will keep me back from the great transgression of Send for Uriah. Wow, what, what he's praying is what we might call brilliant. Jabez, wonderful prayer that thou wouldst keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And here's, here's how it wraps up. He's a satisfied man. Look at what he got answered. And God granted him that which he requested. Before we walk out of this room, do you notice what's missing in Jabez's prayer? What's missing is as powerful as what's present. Do you remember a guy named Jacob who, who goes and he, he sleeps and he has this dream and he sees this ladder? Do, do you know what Jacob does? Jacob says, okay, God, I know I'm fleeing right now from my brother and um, I know there's a rough road ahead of me, but here's the great if, God. Now, pay attention, God. Here's the great if. If you will bring me back, and if you'll bless me, and if you'll take care of me, then you can be my God. Do you know what Jacob is praying? Jacob is praying, hey, God, let's make a deal. I'll make a deal with you, God. And if you'll do all of this for me, then you get to be my God. How's that sound? Lord, hey, you want to get a guy like me? Well, you do this for me, and then I'll, we'll, we'll be good. And do you know what Jabez does? He just says, Lord, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything. But oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. And would you enlarge my border? And um, would your hand be with me? God, I just, I'm, I don't have anything. I just come empty-handed. I need your hand. That, and, and God, would you, um, would you keep me from evil that it may not grieve me? And you know what we find? That this is the kind of prayer that God wants to answer. And God granted him that which he requested. You mean he got everything he asked for? And I would say, and then some. 
what kind of prayers are we asking of God? Hey, God, um, you know, if you'll help me with this, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. Well, let me, let me just say very plainly, he doesn't need you to do anything for him. But do you know what he's offering? He's offering answer to a prayer that comes to him and just says, God, it's just me, but I know who I'm talking to, a big God, a God who can do and always has exceeding abundantly above all that we might ask or think. Hey, Campus Church, ask some big things of a God who loves to say yes.